Ezekiel 47, if you've got your Bibles. I want to give you a challenge this morning. We're going to keep, keep going off this revival. Amen? We had an awesome revival. God moved, and uh, we're going to continue to see God move. But I want to, I want to continue to challenge you this morning to, to get into the flow. How many want to get into the flow of what God's doing? I mean, not just be here, not just be, just kind of be a part of it, but get into the flow of what God wants to do in this church and what God wants to do in this city. Amen. I'm talking about get in the river and let it go. Amen. Praise God. Not just be a participator, but be part of what God is doing. How many want to be in this and not looking on the outside in? Amen. Amen. How many athletes or people ever played sports in here? Let me see your hands. Just raise them real quick. Any kind of sport. Now, I might debate with you on some whether they're sports or not, but any kind of sport. Amen? If you played sports, how many know it was much funner to be in the game than to be on the bench? You always wanted to get in the game. If you really played sports and you really were on a team, you wanted to get in the game. Amen? And so, or you, you could just sit on the crowd and watch from the crowd and be a spectator. But I believe that God doesn't have spectators in his kingdom. I believe that God has people who get involved with what God is doing. And God has, listen, God has a mighty plan for us. God has a purpose for this church. We're not here by accident. We've seen time and time again his hand move in our lives. And so we're going to continue to go forward and preach the gospel, amen, as is. Praise God. How many were thankful for that as is preaching over this last week from Chris Clock, amen? As is. You take it from the Bible and you say what it says. But I'm going to show you something this morning the Lord's put on my heart that I believe is really, really going to help you get into the flow. If you're taking notes, that's the title of the message. Get into the flow. Amen? And so we're going to look at Ezekiel chapter 47. But as you're holding there for one minute, I want to read a, a, a psalm that you don't have to look at, but you can write it down. In 46 verse 4 says, There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. There is a river, the Bible says. How many have heard the old song, There is a river that flows from deep within? How many have ever heard the verse where the Bible says that rivers of living water shall flow out of your belly? Amen. The Bible talks a lot about water and talks a lot about the flow of water. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit this morning because there's two types of Christians this morning. There's the Christian who is flowing with the things of God and flowing in the, in the ministry of God and flowing in, in the vision of God and flowing in what God's doing. And then there's others who are stagnant and who are not doing anything. And they're just sitting there, basically just waiting to go to heaven. Amen? I know nobody in this place this morning wants to be one of those people that are just sitting and waiting for the train. I want to be in the game. I want to be involved. I want to be in the flow. I want to be under the hand of God. I want to be seeing what God has for me. I want the best of what God has. I don't want a little bit of his presence. I don't want a little bit of his spirit. I want everything God has for me. Is anybody else in here this morning want that? Everything God has for you. Amen. Now, if y'all don't support me a little bit better, I'm going to take it personal. Y'all are really, really supporting Chris Clark. Amen. Come on. Don't make me jealous. I know he got me saved and everything, but come on. This isn't for me. This is for Jesus. This is for the Lord. Amen. This is God's word. Part of that is getting into the flow and saying, God, I'm tired of status quo Christianity. I'm tired of just showing up and just saying I went to church. I want to see God move. 
I want to see people get saved. I want to see lives get changed. I want to see marriages restored. I want to see the sick healed. I want to see the blind see. I want to see the lost come back to Jesus. I want to see the atheist believe God. Hallelujah. I want to see that person I've been praying for get right. Amen. I want the conviction of the Spirit of God flowing through my life and like a river. I don't want anything in my life to be stagnant, holding me back from seeing what God wants to do in my life. But we're going to see something in the scriptures here in Ezekiel chapter 47. If you look there, I want to read a few verses. Just say amen if you've got it. Look on with somebody if you don't have it. The Bible is going to change your life if you'll let it. Verse 40, 40, chapter 47, verse 1. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple. And there was what? Water. Flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east, and the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. This is real water. He brought me out by the way of the north gate, and led me around on the outside to the outer gate that faces east. And there was what? Water running on the right side. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits. And he brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my what? Ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through, and the water came up to my waist. Now stop there just for a second. We're going to continue in just one moment. There's levels of your Christianity. There's levels, but not, not of what God wants to do in your life. Of what you allow God to do in your life. You can't sit back and say, well, God's not moving. God's not stirring. God's not doing it. If you've ever said, God's not doing anything in my life. That's fine. You can be right in saying that, but you're wrong in what you're saying. You can be right in feeling that, but you're wrong. Because when you are in God, you get to a place where you begin to choose yourself. I'm going to get in the river. I'm going to get in the flow. You're going to be as discipled in this place as you choose to be discipled. God's going to move as much in your life as you choose to him for him to move. God's going to flow through you as much as you choose for him to flow. And we see right here that the water is flowing. Listen, it's never a doubt or a question of whether or not God's presence is moving. Some people say, well, I went to church and I didn't feel the presence of God move. Well, that was you. That was you. Because the presence of God is always moving. Amen. Where his word is being preached and where people are looking unto him, his presence is moving and the river is flowing. But the, the problem is many times we sit back and watch and we don't get into the river. We don't jump into what God's doing. We stand back and just watch. And you see there in those first three things that the water was at some people's ankles and others it was at their knees and others it was at their waist. That's a, that, that can be related to how much you put in to your walk with God and how much you get into the flow. Amen. How much you allow the Lord to move through you. So follow that as we go on in verse 5. Again, once he measured once again 1,000. And now it was a river that I could not cross. For the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim. A river that could not be crossed. How many want God's flow to be so strong this morning that you're not walking or you're waiting, you're swimming in the presence of the Lord. Amen? It's so strong, it's so deep that you can't get from point A to point B unless you're in the water. 
You can't cross over. A lot of people are walking around trying to be Christians and be like, well, I, I just, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to do too much. I don't want to, I don't want to be too much like, no, you got to jump in. You're either in or you're out. You're either a believer or you're not. You're either filled with the Holy Spirit or you're not. You're either going to heaven or you're not. Amen. You're either all in or all out. Don't choose to be one or the other. Be in. Amen. You're going to come to church? Get in. Amen. What good is it to go to the pool and just lay on the chair all day long? Get in the water. Amen. Don't be like those people that go to the ocean and just sit there and stare at it. Wow, that's beautiful. Get in the water. Amen. Get wet. Amen. There's something about getting in and getting involved. So then he says in verse 6, he says, Son of man, have you seen this? He said, he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. And when I returned there along the bank of the river, where very many trees were on one side and the other. Now, y'all need to really start paying attention here to see what God wants to show us. He said to me, this water, what? Flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley and enters the sea. And watch this. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. Its waters are healed. The ocean can be a picture this morning of the world. And the river is us. And we have to flow into this ocean of people, this ocean of world. We are the healing that people need this morning. We are the blessing that people need this morning. We are the deliverance that people need this morning. If we're flowing and God's presence is flowing, then healing waters are going to get to the people who need healing this morning. Amen? We can't expect people to jump into the river and that are not saved and flow into the church. It's the church's job to flow into the world. Amen? But with the gospel, amen? It's our, it's our job to flow there. They're not going to come upstream into the church. They're not going to trip over the door. They're going to come because we're inviting them. They're going to come because we're praying for them. And they're going to come because we're going to them where they're at. Amen? And we're flowing into their lives with a power of the Holy Spirit that they cannot resist. Amen? And so we see here that the water flows, that's important, and the, the water heals. Water flows and water heals. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the rivers go, will live. And there will be, well, let me read that again. Wherever the rivers go, will live. There where will be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters go there, for they will be healed, and everything will live wherever the river goes. I don't know if you're catching something here, but the last time I checked, Jesus said, he, well, you've been fishing for fish, but I'm not going to make you a fisher of, of fish. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And so the fish are the people. The river is the church. And the river is healing to, the, to people who are fish who are not saved. And we need to get these fish saved. How many know some fish this morning that don't know Jesus? How many know some fish this morning that need to be healed? How many know some fish that need to be delivered? Amen. We all do. And we are the river. We are the presence of God that goes to them. And listen, this is a promise. Everything will live. Everything will be healed wherever the river Goes. That means wherever that man or woman of God goes with the presence that's in the flow, wherever they go and flow, that life is coming through them. 
Amen. We know that rivers, and I'm going to get into this in a second. Let me go ahead and get into it now so I don't get ahead of myself. Somebody remember, remind me where we left off, okay? Where we did we leave off? Verse, finishing in verse 9, we'll pick up in 10 in a second. Let me, let me read 9 again. There will be swarms of, let me read it in the New Living Translation. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound, and what's interesting in the New Living Translation, it says fish will abound in the Dead Sea. In the Dead Sea. How many know we got a dead world out there right now? We have a world that is dead. They're breathing, but they're dead. Chris Clock did a great job preaching about the bones in Ezekiel. That's one of my favorite messages to preach, where we can prophesy and speak over dry bones. Amen? Let me just go off of that for one second. If you got family members, Dwayne said, how many family members aren't saved? If you got family members that aren't saved, it's time for you to stop begging God that they would get saved. And it's time for you to start prophesying to God that they're going to get saved. Because you have breath in your mouth to speak over your family. Can these bones live? Only you know, God. What are you telling? Prophesy over these bones and they will live. You have the power of Jesus Christ in you to speak over your family members. Stop begging them. Get past that and say, Lord, oh, please, no more of that. Lord, I declare in the name of Jesus that my son, my daughter, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, my family is going to get saved and they're going to rise from the dead and they're going to come out of their life, come out of the Dead Sea and live. Prophesy that. Don't just beg and ask. Prophesy that. Because there's life inside of you. So it says, fish will abound in the Dead Sea. Listen, for its waters will become fresh. Through who? Through us. And then it says, life will flourish wherever this water flows. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. If you look at the word flow, I want to hit you with something here in the dictionary. It says, to move as liquid does. Move in a stream like water. That means, you know, a river flows where the water makes the path. Y'all following that? How many know that? The river flows to the place where water is allowed to move, where it can find its crevice, where it can find its movement. You've got to get to a place where you stop trying to control where you're going and allow God to control the flow of your life. You've got to get a, a trust in God. That if he says left, you go left. If he says right, you go right. But one thing you don't do is stop. You keep flowing. And you let that river make its path. Amen. Just like Isaiah talks about making rivers and water and a path in the desert. So it says to move as liquid, to move in a stream, to move like water. Listen, to be overflowing or plentiful. How many want overflowing and plentiful presence of God in your life? Even in the dry times, even when you're down and you're distraught and you're sad and you're going through a struggle, how many want that presence just to be there? So strong, flowing through your life, amen? How many want somebody to see you going through a struggle? They know you're going through the struggle. They know the situation and the circumstances. And they sit back and say, why in the world is this person so happy? Why is it that I see the glory of God in their lives when I know that they're facing something worse than I am? 
Amen. I want to get to the place in my life. I want us to get to a place as a church that where everything else outside of God's kingdom is dying, that people look at the church and say, there's life in that place. I don't know where it came from. I don't know why they have it. It hasn't rained for days. It hasn't rained for weeks. But there's flowers. There's trees. There's grass. There's life. There's joy in that place. I want to get in that place because I see a flow in that place. How many have ever gotten so thirsty? Now I know I've touched, I'll touch everybody right here. So thirsty that you would have drank just about anything. Anybody ever been dehydrated? You ever been to the place where you're so thirsty? You want water, but you would just about drink coolant if you had to. Anybody ever been that thirsty? I have. I need something inside of me. And obviously the only thing that's going to quench that thirst is Jesus. The only thing that's going to quench that thirst is living water. Now think about that for a second. We, we can like sodas. We can like coffee. We can like tea. We can like punch. We can like fruit juice. We can like all those things. And they all taste great. And everybody's got different likes. You say, oh, I don't like any of them. Well, God bless you. Amen. Lucky you. But there's a time and a place and a moment in your life, different times, where nothing is going to quench your thirst but water. And water might not be around. And so you drink something else, and guess what happens? You get thirstier. How many have seen that happen? You get thirstier. You drink it because it's wet. You drink it because you're tricking your mind and your tongue for a second as you drink. But it's not water. And that's what the world does. The world is constantly trying to fill a thirst in their lives that water, sorry, that the world cannot fill. And they fill it with spiritual, so to speak, Coke and tea and ice, uh, uh, sorry, uh, uh, fruit drinks and fruit, fruit punch and whatever else, monster drinks, whatever. They fill it with all these things. And only Jesus, only the living water is the only thing that can truly quench the spiritual thirst of this world. And guess what? We are that fountain. We are the ones that can give water to them. Amen. Remember Jesus at the well with the lady. He said to her, he said, I want to drink. She said, I'm getting this water out of the well. He says, if you had to drink of living water, you'd never thirst again. She said, where do I get this water? Where do I get this water? How many want your family, your friends, your workers, your coworkers, your schoolmates to say, where do I get the water that you're drinking from? Where is it? And you can say, it's Jesus. Now, last thing on this uh, flow uh, definition is this. Listen, this is a geological definition of the flow. To change in shape under pressure without breaking or splitting. That's the definition of flow in geography. Meaning that, that God is always molding us and always shaping us. And many times it's with pressure. You need to get to a place where you understand that when pressure is around you, and listen, I'm not saying it's easy. It's not easy. But when that pressure is around you and you're feeling pressure from all sides, you got to understand God is forming me right now. God is getting me into his flow. He's keeping me in his flow. He's working on me right now. And listen, it says, as in ice or glacier or rocks deep in the earth, to change in shape under pressure without breaking or splitting. Getting in the flow is mean, means basically out of that means you begin to do some things you're not comfortable doing. Right. 
I mean, think about some of you that, are, that have really gotten radical for Jesus. Think about some of the stuff you do now, like actually coming to church twice in one day. Think about how radical that is. Think about how radical it is that you actually give of your money to the church. Think about how radical it is that you pray. I mean, I'm a, I could go on to a whole bunch of things. You have allowed God to come into your life and not make you religious. You've allowed God to come into your life and flow through you to other people. He's flowing through you. Amen. He's doing something powerful in you. Now, I'm not even going to get through this. I can already tell. So this is going to go into tonight. Because I'm already only on just one little piece of my first page. So, but let me go forward a little bit, and then maybe you'll be thirsty to come back tonight. Amen. Amen. But as we talk about the flow, it's a river. And in the flow of that river, there's something that's important to understand. We need to understand how privileged we are to be saved. Amen. Okay, I want you to never forget, I've been saying this recently a lot, that you're never going to appreciate heaven until you realize how real hell is. You would never appreciate water until you got really thirsty. And so you can't really appreciate salvation until you really realize what you've been saved from. As Dwayne was saying at the prayer time, I, I can't, I can't, I'm not going back. That's our prayer this morning. That should be our, our mantra as a church. That should be our, our, our saying, our motto, that we're not going back. There's no way I'm going back. There's nothing to go back to. Can somebody say amen? There's nothing to go back to. Jesus began to speak very strongly to his disciples. And one sign of maturity is that we can come through a revival where a preacher is preaching the truth every night. There was no feel-good messages over this last revival. It was straightforward, but I felt good when it was over. It's not a feel-good message, but I felt good. Y'all follow that? So Jesus is preaching the truth, and he always did. Some people that try to make Jesus as this person who was just love, 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 love. We know he's love. But he preached truth to his people, and as he preached truth to his men and his women, his disciples, the Bible says there was a crowd gathered around. Tons of disciples, not just, believe, not just listeners, disciples. And he's preaching hard. You can read it later. Read it sometime in John chapter 6. Because you're not going to get this message if you don't get what I'm saying right now. Okay, so in John 6, you don't read it now, please. Read it later, write it down. He, it's one of the hardest chapters in the Bible, and he's talking to them, and he basically says in a jest, if you don't eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you cannot be a part of the kingdom of heaven. And he's saying these words, and the Bible says in John 6 that some of his disciples... Now understand, disciple means a believer, someone who's following and bringing forth fruit and not somebody who's a spectator in the church, someone who's really in it, involved. And he says, as, they, as he begins to say these words, the Bible says some of his disciples turned and walked away. Left. They were out. They abandoned their faith. They didn't handle the pressure of the, of the shaping of God. God was trying to get them into a flow so that they could be the salt of the earth. But as he was pressuring them, the pressure became too much and they broke. And instead of saying, Jesus, help me take this in. Lord Jesus, please explain this to me. No, they just turned around and left and walked out. And as they're walking away, I need you to understand this. This is not people who just just came, came across the multitude and just heard Jesus once. These are disciples. You have to understand the word disciple. And they walk away, and Jesus looks to his 
close chosen disciples, the ones who were walking with him always, the twelve. And he says to them these words, do you want to go too? Do you want to go too? He's basically saying in our terms today, there's the door. If you are not going to get in the flow, there's the door. That's what Jesus said. And he said it so strong that they, they, they were struck. Amen. And please don't misinterpret what I'm saying as, as us getting to a place of a church or changing or something or saying, we're just going to pre- we're just going to beat you down every service. We're just going to beat you down. You know that's not the truth. There's balance in the church. There's balance in the pulpit. Amen. But you've got to have the truth. What there's not enough of in this world today is preachers preaching the truth. Prophets, as Chris Clock said, prophets standing up and saying, thus says the Lord. I want, to, I, want, I want this church to be a church of disciples. Amen. Amen. Not stagnant water. We want this church to be a, a river that's flowing into this ocean world and saving people's lives. And for us to be that river, we've got to be pressured sometimes. We've got to be changed sometimes. We've got to be uh, put down sometimes by the Holy Spirit. Not man, but by God. Say, hey, 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 you're wrong here. You need to change. You need to get this right. I can't flow through you with this in your life. I need you to get rid of this. Get it out. And he's going to pressure you until you one change or two run. I choose to change. How many here choose to change under the pressure of the flow of the Holy Spirit? I'm going to change. And I'm always going to be asking God, change me. And listen, he says these words to his disciples, and this isn't in my notes. And he says these words, and his disciples say, Jesus, and especially Peter says these words, Jesus, to whom will we go? To whom will we go? See, you don't really understand how important it is to have a revelation in your spirit that there is no option in Jesus. There is no second or third option. Some of you may be here today and the devil's lying to you and you think, well, if this don't work out, I'm just going to try something else. There is no option. It's Jesus or Jesus or Jesus. There's no fourth or third or second option. And how many, how many know too many people are living that way, Wayne? They're living with the way, well, I'm going to try to see if I got option B. If this don't really work out, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go do something else. I'm gonna, where are we going to go? Back to our vomit? We're going to go back to the world? We're going to go back into that stagnant water where dead fish live? Now, as I begin to close this morning, let me talk about that for a second. How many have ever seen stagnant, dirty, stinky water full of mosquitoes? Have you seen it? There's nothing worse. Listen, I would go, I would go on record to say that the stench of nasty water is as bad or worse than a corpse. If you've ever smelt it. And I, I'm only going to, at times I've been in, in the Congo, times I've been, it was here too, too of course, but uh, obviously there's a, another level. Times I've been in the Congo, times I've been in Kenya, times I used to walk through Costa Rica and certain places where it wasn't the country, it was the lack of flow of water, good water. And if you don't know this, I think you probably do, but water is in lack today. Follow this. Follow this, this, this correlation. Water is in great lack today. Good water. Potable, drinkable, usable water. 
We take it for granted in the United States just like we do everything else. But people are having to do wells all over the world. People are having to raise up uh, ways to get fresh water. There are countries where they don't have it. And they have to walk miles to get it. And the water they get is nasty. And it's stagnant water. And I used to walk through what they called uh, the precario. The, the, I don't even know what that is. What was it again? I know that's precarious, but that's not even the right translation. The, 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 the slums. Let's just say it that way. The slums in Kenya. The slums in Costa Rica where there was a bunch of houses where people would do what they There were squatters. You ever heard of those? They would just go to a place and sit. And that's where they live. Government let them live there. And as I'm walking through these places, I'm, I'm, I'm witnessing, I'm trying to outreach. My daughters know this, this, this smell. You're walking and you get this smell all of a sudden. And it's, it's just like, whoa. Yeah. You're like, what in the world is that? And you look down and you see stagnant water. Yeah. And listen, I'm not going to go into what that water is. Who knows? But it's not flowing. Right. It's not flowing. And stagnant water is dangerous. And today, listen, as there is a lack of water, good water in the world today for the health of the world, there's a lack of good preaching and good Christian living and good, good examples that are they'll save the world. There's a lack. We're the water. We're the flow. We're the river. We're the change. And so we cannot be, listen, watch this. Think about this. If something's flowing through you, then it's taking from you as it flows. And so if God's going to flow through me, I've got to make my temple clean. I've got to keep my temple clean. I've got to keep my life clean. I've got to keep my thoughts clean. I've got to keep my motives clean. It don't matter how much this world tries to dirty me up. I'm going to be better. As I said yesterday in disciples, I'm going to take the high road. I'm not going to get down low with them and do what they do. I'm going to take the high road and I'm going to stay clean away from this world so that God can flow through me. And so they can receive that living water. How many want to be like that this morning? Amen. How many want God's presence to flow through you? Only, sorry, the rivers in the world, watch this. I, I'm, I, I'm going to just try to finish this page. The rivers in the world only make up 0.2% of all water in the world. Rivers are scarce and they're few and far in between compared to the dense mass ocean water. Okay, very small percentage. Yet those rivers that are so few are what clean and feed and and are part of the ecosystem to make healthy and keep healthy the water we do have that's so much. Amen. Now watch this. There's 22 rivers mentioned in the Bible. 22 names. How many know Jesus or God mentioned something 22 times? This is importance on it. 22 times he mentions rivers. We read this river in Ezekiel 47, and I'll close up with that in just a second. How many just give me a couple more minutes? Listen, powerful facts. This is, this is where I, I want to just get this morning. If all the world's water, okay, the world is 75% water, just like our body. That's not an accident, by the way. Our body's 75% water, the world's 75% water. If all of the world, water in the world, if we can just make this understandable this morning, was in a gallon of water. Does that make sense? You take all the water in the world, and a gallon of water represents all of the water in the world. You follow me? The fresh water available for us to use 
would be equivalent to one tablespoon of all the water in the world. So take that gallon of water. It's hard to imagine on a big scale of 75% water. If you've never been out of the United States or never traveled around, you don't realize how big this world is. You, even if you have, you don't realize how big this world is. And you think of all that water, so we just take all that water in the world and put it in a gallon, and out of that whole gallon of water, one tablespoon of water is actually usable. Amen? One tablespoon. And it seems to me today that there's a remnant. Seems to me today that there's a people on this earth that are that tablespoon for God. They're that tablespoon that, 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 you know, you can be considered a Christian and be considered water. But if you're not being used and the God is not flowing through you and you're not bearing fruit, then I I consider you not in that tablespoon. I want to be in the tablespoon. I want to be somebody. I don't want to just be water. I want to be water that God can use. Don't be happy with just being a Christian. Be happy with being a Christian God can use. That God can flow through. That God can speak through. That God can talk through. Amen. And use for his glory. Listen, it doesn't take much salt to make water salty doesn't take much salt to make and it kind of explains to us what, what Matthew 5 was saying when Jesus said you are the salt of the earth watch this but if the salt has lost its taste how shall its saltiness be restored y'all following me we are the salt we are the flow we are the river we are the church And God wants to flow through this place. And listen, we come together on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and Wednesday nights and for breakaway and for youth and for prayer meetings and for outreaches and for whatever else we do so that we can be equipped and and, and be convicted and be formed and be challenged and allow the Spirit of God to flow through us so that we become that salt that God wants us to be so we can go out into the world and that salt will not lose its flavor. We don't come to church just to say we came. We don't come to church just to say, wow, God moved. What good does it do for God to move if I don't let God move through me? What good does it do for God to fall in his presence to fall if I don't do something with what he gave me? We've got to use what God has given us. We've got to be that water, that flow, that salt of the earth. He says, you're a light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. So let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. One more close. Oceans. I just said water, 75%. Oceans account for 75, three quarters of the world's waters. Oceans. Yet, they are not mentioned in the book of Revelation. Rivers are. There's no mention. There's rivers in the book of Revelation. Rivers, rivers, rivers. 22 times. The Bible ends in chapter 22 talking about rivers. And the river, there's a river, the Bible says, that flows through heaven. It's crystal clear. Amen? Amen? And there's something about the water purifying us. There's something about being born of water and born of the Spirit. There's a whole lot of correlations in the Bible how God wants us to keep our water clean. 
He wants us to keep our temple clean. And listen, there's ways that you can get involved. I don't have time to say all these things this morning. But listen, get in the flow of what God is wanting to do in your life. Get into the flow of what God is trying to speak through your life and get into a mentality that I am not going to be shaken. I'm not going to be moved. I'm going to be changed, but I'm not going to be shaken. I'm not going to be moved. I'm going to be formed by God. And I'm going to stand here and say, Lord, let your river flow. Somebody say, let the river flow through me. Amen. And if you if you'll be that way and I'll be that way and he'll be that way and she'll be that way and everybody will be that way. We will be a church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. Hallelujah. Can you shout amen? Amen. Be a church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. Amen. As the musicians are coming, church, this is a year. This is the year where the church has got to rise up like never before. How many, you know, Chris said something this week of the many great things that God said through him. He said, I'm preaching this message like it's my last. We need to treat this year like it's our last year. We can't be waiting and saying, well, we'll hope God moves in 2016. We need to say, God, this is it. We're going to move. We're going to flow. We're going to see people get saved. We're going to see people get changed. We're going to see people get delivered. And this is the year. Because how many know this is the year Jesus could come back? This is the year the trumpet could sound. This is the year he could take us out. And some of you might be saying, well, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Well, I'm not really sure if I want to go. Well, go ahead and stay here then. I'm going. And no no matter how much you say, I don't know if I'm ready for that, it's coming. Amen. Did you guys see just just this week that in in Siberia, it was sunny on the beach in Siberia? And all of a sudden, in one second, it began to hail golf-sized ball hails in, one, in just a split second. Did you see that in, uh, somebody help me where it was, all those dead fish? No one remembers? Somewhere in the world, it doesn't really matter where, uh, 100 and something. Brian, that was you, wasn't it? How many was it? Tons. Don't matter where, it was like 100 and something, huh? 100 and something tons of dead fish just float up to the top of the ocean. Hundred and something tons. I saw the picture, and what was crazy is I'm I'm sitting there. I grabbed my phone to open it, and that opened up to me. I didn't go to a page or nothing, and that opened up on the page. Amen. Listen, it's time to get serious about God. This revival we just had is not just another oh feel good that was great God moved revival. It's time for us to get in the flow. It's time for us to get in the doing what God wants us to do. Quit wasting time. Quit messing around with other things and get serious. Amen. Y'all follow me? Get in the flow. Get in or get out. Amen. Don't, don't play games anymore. Amen. Let me finish reading this because I didn't finish it. Verse 10. It shall be that fishermen will stand by it from in Gedi to in England. They will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kinds as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many. Watch this. But its swamps and marshes will not be healed. What does that mean? That means those that are not in the flow will not be healed. Those that are stagnant, those that are... Listen, anything good does not live in stagnant water. 
There's no good thing in stagnant water. You might say, well, there's, there's living things. Yeah, you don't want any part of those living things that's in dead stagnant water. Bacteria. Disease. How many get what I'm saying? We've got to be a place where there's a flow. If there's no flow, there's death. He says, where there's marshes and swamps, they won't be healed. They'll be given over to salt. And along the bank of the river, verse 12, on this side. Oh, what a promise. Y'all still looking at the Bible? Along the bank of the river, on this side and that, will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month. Watch this. Why? Why all that? Because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. Wow. Wow. And, and, and if you, maybe you haven't been saved long enough yet or gotten into the word long enough yet to really understand that there's, there's these parts of the Bible where they're relating to another part of the Bible that's relating to another part of the Bible and you see a, a resounding, consistent, over and over again word. And you see that in the book of Revelation. And you see that back in the book of Genesis. And God, and let me break it down to elementary for you. Make it real simple. Where God is, there's flow. Where the enemy is, there's death. Where, where God says obey and there's obedience, there's life. Where there's disobedience to God, there's death. And you see that from the Garden of Eden all the way to the book of Revelation chapter 22 when the float river is flowing through as it's crystal sea and it's giving life to these people. Amen? Get into the flow. Get into the flow. Because I don't have time to maybe get into this tonight, but I'll close with this this morning. John 5 talks about that, that, those healing waters. And the Bible says that there was a, I, I'm going to get into it more, but just to say it quickly, the, the, the men, men and women would go there and they were sick. And there was a pool of Bethsaida. And there was healing waters there. There's healing waters in this place. There's healing waters in the, in the presence of God. But we have to get in the flow to get the healing. Every time you ever saw Jesus heal somebody, he always said, your faith has made you whole. And the people always came to him. That means that there was a, uh, an action. They moved. They, they didn't just stand there and say, Jesus, come to me. He, they went to Jesus. Meaning they got out of their comfort zone. You, you're not going to be able to be overcoming for God if you are not, if you're, sorry, if you're afraid to step out. If you're afraid to get wet. If you're afraid to let God mess you up a little bit. Because if you're really going to be used by God, he's going to mess you up in a good way. Don't take that wrong. In a good way. <clears throat> he's going to turn some things around. He's going to ask you to do things that aren't comfortable. He's going to ask you to say things that aren't comfortable. He's going to ask you to go places that aren't comfortable. But you have to have the faith of what that last verse says. That there is a river of life flowing through you that heals and sets free and delivers. Yeah. And it is, I don't know if you caught that, it's medicine. Amen.
We know that this nation, it was mentioned many times in the survival, this nation's on drugs. This nation needs medicine. But they don't need prescription medicine. They need Jesus medicine. They need the presence of God. They need healing that only Jesus can give. Amen? Hallelujah. And it's here. It's in you. It's in you.